0: Welcome to This is the Author, where authors talk about narrating their audiobooks. In this episode, meet authors Pablo Cartaya, Ibi Zaboy, and Natasha Diaz. These three authors have all written nuanced, coming-of-age novels for kids and teens, featuring young characters who are looking to find their place within their communities, their friendship circles, and even within their own families, without losing what is unique about themselves. Plus, find out why one of these authors picked pew as the best word to describe the experience of recording her audiobook. Enjoy. Hi, this is Pablo García, author of Each Tiny Spark. I originally conceived of a story about a father and a daughter and how they find their way back together through welding, uh, 1968 Shelby. And that's really the heart of the story and really the main thread of where the narrative goes. But as I was writing, I really discovered that I wanted to speak more about the immigration challenges that we're facing in this country. The book is set in Georgia and there are really problematic immigration laws in effect that don't make a whole lot of sense. And I wanted to kind of create this world where a community is kind of grappling with the idea of immigration and school redistricting and how a community is challenged with moving forward in a good way so that all people are included. And that's really how the story has become really a catalyst for a larger conversation that we're trying to have in this country, but always at its heart, it's really a story about a dad and a 12 and a half year old girl and how they find their way back together again. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that would be exhilarating. Exhilarating because as a writer and the author of the book, after you're done, you don't really revisit it Again. And so when I get the opportunity to read and narrate my audiobook, I'm kind of reconnecting with a lot of these characters in really, really great ways and finding surprises that even as an author, I completely <laughs> forgot that I wrote. And I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. And so for me, that's a really exciting part of recording an audiobook. It's exhilarating, it's awesome. Well, it's interesting because I'm bilingual and this audiobook has a lot of Spanish in it. And typically, I mean I I can speak and pronounce words perfectamente in español. But one word I had a lot of trouble with was identificación. I don't know why. And there's a a section in there where Gus's dad is saying vehicle identification number, but he says número de identificación vehículo and I stumbled over that like a thousand times. And then I had trouble saying identification. So it was like a weird translation thing. The other two words that I had trouble with was tangy. I kept pronouncing the G and I guess I'm still doing it. <laughs> tangy. I kept saying tangy and it was not correct. The other one was yoke. I kept saying yolk. So those two words. And I don't know if it has to do with my bilingualism. Who knows? But it was troublesome and problematic. And I don't know why. I'm proudest of the fact that I have had the privilege and honor to narrate all of my books. And this one was especially close to me because it's very much connected to the relationship I have with my own daughter. And so reading it really was special because it allowed me to kind of reconnect with the story in ways that you don't always get when you're writing it. The proudest is really just being able to narrate the whole book in Emilia's voice and then have this sort of connection as if my own daughter was giving me that voice. So that was really, really cool. And I'm really excited for listeners to hear this story that has a lot of layers and it it took a long time to write. And it was a really great challenge to narrate. And it's exciting because you get the full scale of this community, of this family, and of this culture. And I hope that listeners will be able to wrap themselves around these characters and this community in ways that can leave them thinking about all the issues that are present in the audiobook. There's so many great voice actors out there I think Rita Moreno would probably be my my number one choice. I love her so much. And she's just like an icon and I would be probably geeking out to no end if she were recording my book. I loved Lincoln at the Bardo it was a huge cast. It's one of those things that when you're listening and you forget you're listening and it's almost like the images just start appearing in your head as the narration is kind of coming into your headphones is just amazing. So I really, really loved that one. I travel quite a bit for work and my favorite place to listen to audiobooks is on the plane. I'll pop in a you know, an audiobook and just kind of close my eyes and let the narration just take over. And it's really, really relaxing. It kind of activates a different part of your brain. It's like an auditory literary experience and it's really neat. So, yeah, airplanes.
1: Hi, this is E.B. Zoboy, author of My Life as an Ice Cream Sandwich. I was inspired to write my life as an ice cream sandwich by my experiences of growing up in 1980s New York City. Now, I wasn't my character's age. I wasn't 12. In 1984, I was much younger. But I had similar experiences to Ebony Grace in that I was an immigrant to America and an immigrant to New York. And I came from Haiti, and I'm very Caribbean, and I have a very Caribbean home life. So Ebony Grace, while she's not from another country, she is from a very different place within America, and she doesn't quite fit into the girlhood culture on her block in the same way that I didn't fit into the girlhood culture on my block. Black girlhood has a special kind of magic to it. It's sort of a secret society, and there's so many rules, so many languages, so many layers to just being that you either know it or you don't, and you have to basically learn it. And Ebony Grace has to find common ground between her just huge imagination and the culture of Harlem at that time. But ultimately, I wanted to introduce young people to the idea of Afrofuturism without having a book be science fiction or fantasy. This is a girl who thinks and dreams about science fiction all the time. Meanwhile, the kids in her neighborhood in Harlem were actually interacting with science fiction in their own way. And her grandfather loved science fiction as well. He references Sun Ra, who is a jazz musician who probably was one of the first people to claim that he had met aliens. And Granddaddy also references George Clinton from Parliament Funkadelic, who had an album called The Mothership Connection. So basically, this is about how Black kids interacted with the idea of space, this idea of science, and infused it into their art and music and dance and play culture. If I had one word to describe my audiobook, that one word would be pew. <laughs> so pew is something that kids, young people do as a way to mimic this sort of bracelets of submissions by Wonder Woman or a lightsaber or a phaser gun or any kind of thing, you know, where kids pretended that they were defeating something. This is what my character says when she feels that she's been attacked. She sends out her lasers or her beam or something and she goes, pew, pew, I've crushed you. But in that sense, this idea of pew is about just crushing stereotypes to me. These kids are not stereotypical black kids in the hood. So this idea of pew is my way of just defeating these really, really wrong and half-truth ideas about Black children in urban spaces. It's spelled (laughs) P-E-W-P. So I realized I had trouble pronouncing asks. Did I do it right? I think I did it right this time. Asks. Asks, 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 and gasps, gasps, gaps an aspect of the audiobook that I'm most excited about and proud of is the fact that I think I can play a granddaddy very well. It's a voice that I've used in my other novels, this kind of older man, soulful, old school voice. And I'm inspired by funk music like Bootsy Collins and George Clinton and this sort of wise older black man voice. And I think I did it very well. I didn't know I had that kind of person in me. Something that you will get in the audio version that you probably won't get reading the book is the cadence and rhythm of New York City kids at that time. You get to hear a New Yorker accent. I grew up in New York and this New York accent is very specific. Black girlhood street culture accent is very specific. This sort of snapping, this back and forth, what Ebony Grace calls as signifying monkey or your mama jokes, is very culturally specific and it comes with a certain rhythm and cadence. And the musicality of that time, it's something very specific and I tried to bring it out in this audiobook narration. So the signifying monkey is part of the African-American oral tradition. This idea that there'd be a monkey just cracking jokes on you until you, you know, throw stones at it or something. But it comes from a tradition of just crack jokes on somebody and tear them down and build them back up in some way. But you're supposed to be better than whatever joke is coming at you. It's like your mama jokes, so this idea that you're building character, you know, your friends, the people who love you can point out the worst in you and you're supposed to laugh at it. I wanted to include that because Ebony Grace has one idea of it, but the girls in Harlem has a different idea. They come for her and she comes right back with her own, you know, comeback. diss. For this book, my dream narrator is a voice of you know, a generation, basically, is Cree Summer. Cree Summer would definitely make A Great Ebony Grace. The last audiobook that I listened to that I laughed out loud and I listened to it while doing laundry and cooking dinner was I Can't Make This Up by Kevin Hart, which is his autobiography. He's a comedian, and it was funny.
2: Hi, this is Natasha Diaz, author of Color Me In. My book is about a 15-going-on 16-year-old young woman, Nevaeh Levitz, who is biracial and Jewish, and she is sort of navigating where she fits in between her two worlds as her parents go through a divorce, and she's sort of stuck going back and forth between the world she's always known in the suburbs of White Plains, New York, and Harlem, New York in Manhattan. She is sort of for the first time getting acquainted with her Black family and her Black identity. And as a result, she's also having to confront her white passing privilege. And she is forced to have a belated bat mitzvah. And so she's also for the first time really engaging with the Jewish religion and culture. And so she's sort of taking all of the different parts of herself and figuring out how to make herself whole. I wrote color me in because it was the book that I always needed growing up. I myself am multiracial and Jewish and white passing, and I always found that in books where there were mixed race characters. They never really dug deep into the privileges that you can receive if you are mixed race and also white presenting. And it felt like something that I couldn't always connect to because that's a really big piece of my identity. And I wanted to be able to tell a story that really did acknowledge the difficulties and struggles that you feel when you are of mixed race, but that doesn't sort of gloss over the aspect of the privileges that you can receive if you do have a white presenting appearance. I'm really excited to hear Bonnie read all of Nivea's family members, the characters, because a lot of them are based off of my own family members. And while they're not true. They're fictionalized. A lot of them have phrases of speech and I've imagined certain intonations and it's going to be really fun to hear what she does with those characters and if they come out sounding how I heard them in my head and also at my dinner table when I was writing the book. I'm also really excited to hear her read Chapter 9, which is the Jouvert Festival, the West Indian Day Parade, which is this incredible festival that happens every year in Brooklyn on the Eastern Parkway. And you start at like midnight and it goes until the daybreak and well into the next day. And it's a very visual experience, but it's going to be really exciting to hear her sort of bring it to life with her incredible talent. I want everyone who listens to Color Me In to take a moment to evaluate what their privileges might be, whatever they are, and to sort of consider how that may affect them in their lives as well as people around them in their communities and how they can take those privileges and sort of activate them to help those around them who may not receive those privileges. But I also hope that it will also encourage everyone who hears the book to take full ownership and pride in who they are and where they come from and not be ashamed or afraid to fully be themselves, whatever or whoever that may be. I was read aloud to a lot as a kid. Both my parents read to me a lot. They were both voracious readers. But I would say the most special memory I have of reading aloud was actually, I read a few books aloud to my aunt when she was really sick. She was home and no one else was around. I was pretty young. I think I was 11 or 12, but nobody else was really around. Everyone was traveling or busy or working, and so I had to sort of stay and babysit her even though I was the kid. She couldn't really get up or do anything, and so I just picked up a few books, and we just spent the whole weekend in bed, and I was reading to her with taking breaks with me ordering Domino's pizza. But that was a really special moment, and it's something that we still to this day always talk about because... It was sort of like we were in this hideaway and all we had were these stories. And it was really, it's just a different experience when you're listening to a book because you can sort of escape into the words. It was just special because she was not feeling great and I think it made her feel better. So I'm sure a lot of people say this answer, but the last audiobook that I listened to that I loved was all the Harry Potter books. I actually only very recently listened to them. Oh my goodness just so magical and so much better than the movies like oh my gosh like just your imagination is able to take control where I feel like they miss things in the movies because they couldn't be as long or as detailed and thorough as the books and that's sort of what's so amazing about audiobooks is you don't miss anything you get the book exactly how it was intended to be, and you're really able to use your imagination to only make it better and more incredible.
0: This is the Author is a production of Penguin Random
2: House Audio. Thank you for listening.
0: For more Behind the Mic content and audiobook recommendations, visit www.penguinrandomhouseaudio.com slash next listen.